Hey everybody, this is Jeff Ashkin in Los Angeles, California with Roy Cole in Jersey City, New Jersey and Derek Kessler in Yokohama, Japan. And this is the podcast with the cast, Quarantine in Pods, coast to coast to coast. Yeah. That was clever. That was like a clever turn of phrase. Oh, anything funny happen on the way to the podcast? Uh, not for me, Roy. Not really. What was uh, what was the big work assignment that you had, Derek? Can, can we talk about that, or is it classified? Oh, it's it's classified, and, and also would not make for interesting podcast material. So, wow. I just sometimes get urgent work. That's just the way it is being a translator. It's kind of cool because, like, um, I would I actually wouldn't think that. Um, not, I'm sure translating is very. Um, I guess I, I don't think of um, like we have an emergency. This needs to be translated immediately. Like, I mean, it, it's literally. I mean, it is kind of like you said because, like, party A is just like upset and waiting to hear party B's response. And they could be like fuming, and then the way I say it will determine like <laughs> their mood. <laughs> so. Wow! Do you ever um, do you ever lie about what's been said? Do you ever change the translation? I won't say I've lied, but I say I'll say I have lightened the. I have filtered out certain more strong elements of certain statements. Words. considering the other party's um po- like uh response the response would probably be. right someone says uh your shirt is ugly and then you translate it like he finds your shirt uh very disagreeable <laughs> exactly you could be a translator right to be honest <laughs> <laughs> I'm, uh, I, I'm good at making euphemisms i don't know if that's yeah. a job a euphemizer that's not a job, no. Okay. Well, I quit. <laughs> it's time for our fun fact of the day. So Pringles aren't actually potato chips because they aren't made of thinly sliced potatoes instead of dehydrated potato flakes that are pressed into their signature parabolic shape. So makes them less greasy. Food and Drug Administration ruled that Pringles could not be marketed as chips. The company eventually settled on potato crisps. As Pringles friends? You know what's funny about that Pringles factoid is uh, I don't believe the FDA regulates the word organic, right? I read that once. That, um, I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. Like there's nothing, there's no regulation around the word organic. So when like food is labeled organic, it doesn't necessarily mean anything because you don't have to do anything to, to get certified organic. Uh, so it's funny that they would regulate a potato chip. Like that is, uh, I guess, an important uh, order of business for the FDA is to make sure nobody is passing off uh, fake potato chips. But then, like, you could pass off fake organic food. Let me let me say the competitors, Lay's and Ruffles, are the ones that were pissed because they didn't want to be in the same category with Pringles. Actually, they brought it up to the food FDA. Um, yeah, they, but then the FDA was like, "Well, we we agree with Lay's." Like, like they <laughs> they took their side. 
Yeah. I could just see like them in the and cl- in the in the courtroom like eating the chips and be like, this doesn't taste right. <laughs> so. It's just funny to think of like some company being like, like, hey, we uh we made this meat in a lab. Can we call it organic? And they're like, yeah, 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 whatever. <laughs> and then Pringles is like, hey, we made this potato chip. That's not a potato chip. What do you what are you trying to pull on us here? Yeah. We have to we have to think about the health of <laughs> of uh, the nation. You yeah. can't just pass off fake potato chips. All right, so onto our topics here. Topic one: What would you do if you didn't have to work for a living? What'd you do knowing you'd never run out of money. Uh, I guess I would mostly do what I do now, minus my job, but like all the other stuff that I do, my hobbies and whatnot. What are your so, hobbies? I would get more into photography. Uh, I would learn more languages. I mean, I'm already trying to learn Thai, uh, but I'd probably try to learn a few languages. Um, I say I would do all these things, but but I you know I'd probably like uh, watch Netflix all day long or something. But uh, these are the things that in my mind uh, I would imagine I would do. Uh, I think I would still do. Um, you know I do like Airbnb, like I host guests in my house. Not right now because there's a pandemic, but uh, I used to do that, and I think I would still do that. Like even if I didn't need the money, because uh, it is nice to to meet people from different parts of the world. So, so yeah, I, I would probably just um, devote all my time to my hobbies. Um, I guess I might try to monetize a hobby, like try to get good good enough at photography that, that I can make money off it. But then you said, I, I in this hypothetical scenario, I don't have to worry about money. So I guess I, I wouldn't even care about that. Yeah. So I take oh. that back. I would, I would just try to get better at everything. Yeah, I would, I would probably translate um, as I'm doing now. I actually had a time in my life where I felt like I, I mean, I was looking for a job, but there was a time in my life, it was after I moved to Japan for the first time, and I finished my first job as a, as an elementary school English teacher, which I had for about a year. And after the school year ended, I decided not to renew my contract and I was looking for a job as a translator. And I had no job for, how long was it? It was like uh, eight months or so. And um, at first you're like, this is awesome. You know, you're like just living up, not having to do anything. And then after I would say about a month, it's like you, you search for purpose in each day and i remember waking up and just being like what am i going to do today and once that feeling of having no responsibilities other than look for because i would look for a job but like there's only so much time you can spend like what are the new you know job ads up today you look at them maybe you apply to one or two of them but then it's like there's really not much you can do outside of that so i, I had so much free time and what i realized was after about a um, month or so, I just started translating things for fun because I enjoyed doing it. I would translate like news articles and, and uh, manga 
and have like my friends read them and saw what they think. And um, that's one thing that made me realize that I really like translating. I, I would say that uh, I would say that I would like to make great films. So I don't want to be like George Lucas and make like three crappy prequel films um, <laughs> and, uh, and not take anyone's suggestions. Like, you know, there was somebody who told George Lucas that George R. Binks didn't work. <laughs> and he was like, no, nah, I mean, I'm doing this on my own, you know. So your points are basically you, you would still make films, you would not want to work for someone else, and the prequel sucked. Those are like the three takeaway points, right? Prequel points. Okay, and also, if you had created Star Wars, you would not have inserted Jar Jar Binks into the movie. I would, yes, I would not have put that character in. And I want to see, I would love to, I would love to see documentary footage of him presenting that script to an <laughs> assistant and then being like, hey, uh, Mr. Lucas, first of all, love your work. I, I just want to say, I don't think this element works in the movie. They'd be like, what, what, uh, excuse, excuse me, uh, you know, you're fired. Yeah, but in, in George Lucas's defense, because he needs me to defend him, uh, you know what's funny is I've never even seen Star Wars, is um, uh, all his other ideas did work. And I'm sure he was told, no, I'm sure he got pushed back on like R2-D2 or something. <laughs> I'm sure someone said like, what, a robot as a character? That's ridiculous. Or uh, I remember reading, um, you know, uh, uh, who wrote Harry Potter? Uh, I forget her name. Yeah, she got uh, tons of rejections for the first Harry Potter, saying, like, this isn't uh, material anybody would read. Uh, Did you ever read it? Yeah, or? those people don't know. What's that? Did you ever read it? No, I've never read Harry Potter either. <laughs> and I've never <laughs> seen Star Wars. Uh, so I, I guess I more agree with uh, the people who told them no. <laughs> but that's not the point. <laughs> the point is, uh, they, I don't know what my point is. Uh, like, they did it anyway, and uh, they were right to, uh, to have not listened to the naysayers. Oh, we'll see. When I get my own studio, I'll run it the way I want. So. Awesome. Or, you know, guys, that, that could just be luck. Oh, wow, Derek. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> topic two. Believe luck exists. Some people have it more than others. You think luck, luck doesn't exist? And what do you make of the person who won the lottery more than once? Um, uh, yeah, so Jeff, you, you, you posed this question, does luck exist? And you, put, you pasted a link um, that you sent to Roy and I of a man who won the lottery twice in the same year. Uh, I in two years, I thought so. In two years, okay. The thing is, like, I think it would be weirder if no one ever won the lottery twice. Yes. Thank you right? for pointing out like, good statistics. We, right. Like, that would be more of an anomaly because the the way a lottery works is most people are not winning the lottery twice. So that doesn't seem strange but what it's like we notice things that seem to be lucky or seem to be out of place but it's just we don't notice the the millions and millions and millions of other people who did not win the lottery you're saying so that so are you arguing that luck exists or does not exist 
I'm saying, regardless of my personal opinion towards luck, the fact that a man won the lottery twice in two years um, proves just that statistics are are correct. <laughs> I mean, it was, it's lucky for that guy, that individual right. who won twice as well, lucky. But it's not uh, it's not an event that is like a remarkable event to happen. Um, as Derek points out, it's almost guaranteed to happen to somebody. Right. And it happened to happen to this guy. Right. And we don't notice that it didn't happen to all the other lottery winners, single lottery winners. Roy, you said he's lucky, though. Yeah, of course. He won the lottery twice. Come on. <laughs> so, so the argument that we're all saying, though, is we all believe luck does exist. I mean, yeah, of course it exists. Come on. That's an easy one. Oh, no, I just, you know, because some people doesn't, don't believe that. I mean, some people believe who? like. I, 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 who doesn't believe that? Start naming names. Some people believe in like karma or, you know, there's no such thing as luck and that people just, you know, have uh, just, uh, what's that, coincidence, you know, that kind of thing. Do you guys know the story of Laura Buxton? Please me. No, she won the lottery three times in a year. <laughs> no, so in in two thousand one, there was a ten year old girl in England named Laura Buxton who wrote a note and attached it to a balloon, and she wrote, uh, "Please return this to Laura Buxton," and she wrote her address on it, and. She let it go, and it was found by another girl named Laura Buxton, who lived 140 miles away. And she returned it to the first Laura Buxton, and she found, not only do they both have the same name, but they were the same age, they were wearing the same clothes to when they first met each other, and they owned the same pets. They both had a black Labrador Retriever, and uh, a rabbit, and they both had guinea pigs, and they both brought uh, their guinea pigs to the first time they met. That's creepy. Sure, it's a true story. Sounds like a horror story. <laughs> um, all right, moving on. <clears throat> Anything you want to recommend? I had something I wanted to talk about that I uh, change of pace for me, but guys, whoever wants to go first. Hmm. You can, you can go first, Jeff. Oh. Okay. Well, I want to be one of the cool kids today and recommend a band. I don't I don't usually get a chance to do that. And I found a very unusual band thanks to a mutual friend of ours. Um, uh, he introduced me to a band called Hate Beak. I don't know if you have you heard of this band? Beak. No. Did you say Beak like like B E A K? B E A K. That's right. It is a death metal band formed by a drummer, a guitarist. A gray parrot as the lead vocalist. <laughs> okay. They are the Sounds first band. To have, they claim they are the first band to have a bird as their vocalist. Never tour because they don't want to torture the bird. Um, you can check them out on YouTube. It's pretty fascinating, I gotta say. I mean, <laughs> it, it, is this like like a tongue-in-cheek way of pointing fun at legitimate no, uh, death honestly, metal bands? I'm not sure. Like, it's so funny because 
one of the comments on the one of the YouTube videos, someone said it's a parody band. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of funny. Honestly, like it's not that they're talented. The the guitarist and the drummer is talented. The bird, okay. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> they're like this lead singer is really holding us back. <laughs> it's like yeah, I think because he's a bird. <laughs> Song Hellbent for Feathers is pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> how, would you, how would the bird even know like what song to sing next? I don't know. But I will say, like, if you listen, if you're a fan of death metal or just like fascinated by crazy, crazy sounding music, I, I think it's interesting. And I'm not. I don't want you to think if you're listening to this right now. I don't want you to think that I'm making fun. I I think it's fascinating. I re- I generally think it's a fascinating. Uh, now, now, oh. Jeff. Um, as far as I know, uh, you're not a fan of death metal, it, or or do I, I like, not? I like I like Slayer. There's more thrash metal okay. actually, as I read. Um, do any guys like Slayer? I'm not a huge Slayer I'm not fan. Familiar with their work? Um, well, I like I like Slayer because I question your your assertion. That people who like death metal would like hate beak, because I worry that people who like death metal might be uh, like violently opposed to this band. Like they see it as kind of making a mockery of death metal. I, honestly, I would. I invite them to. You know what? I invite them to listen and write to us. Actually, you know, if they if they have a comment, please send us a. Comment to our email address, which hasn't gotten anything yet. Um, and let us Wait, know. we haven't gotten any emails yet? This is like our fourth I episode. Know. Yeah. Episode? Right. Is there any so, or, you know, if you're listening episode? and you write us an email, you'll be the first one. Which is a better band, uh, Hatebeak or Slayer? Slayer has better songs without a bird. Hatebeak has better songs <laughs> with a bird. I would That's a fair assessment, I would say. <laughs> there. All right, you guys. I watched the show. So, you know, full disclosure, uh, I don't really watch TV shows much at all. <laughs> uh, but then um, we do this podcast, and we have this portion of the podcast. So I'm like, well, I better watch something. So I have something to talk about when we get to this part of the podcast. So I watched the show for you guys uh, in my quest to, to find the worst show uh, on TV. <laughs> I, I watched, the, I watched the show on Netflix. Maybe you've heard of it. It's called Too Hot to Handle. Have you oh, heard of it? I have heard I, of it. It looked I terrible. I haven't heard of that one. It lo- I, yes, it looked terrible. And so I'm like, I better watch this so I can talk about it. Uh, and so I watched all eight episodes. I binge watched. <laughs> Roy, how much time do you have on your hands? <laughs> I just like you sitting there. I hate this. I got to keep watching. For, you know, for scientific reasons. Uh, but I'll, first I'll explain what the show is. I'll give you some context. So it's a reality show, uh, with, you know, which means it's scripted, but they call it a reality show. Um, and the... The premise of the show is this. They get 10 people, five guys and five girls, uh, very uh, 
uh, like stereotypically hot. Uh, like the the guys all have six pack abs, and the girls all have huge racks, uh, like like supermodel hot. And they get them on this exotic island for three weeks, and uh, there's a cash prize of a hundred thousand dollars. And to win the cash prize, this is what they have to do. For the three weeks, they just have to not have sex with each other. That's yeah, something that millions of humans do every single day for no money. Uh, they just have to do it for three weeks, and they'll get a hundred thousand dollars. And they're going to be that, winners. Uh, I think, yeah. So the prize money is split uh, between whoever lasts, um, and uh, it's not just sex; it's kissing as well. So it's like any sort of uh, physical activity. Um, so, so they're not allowed to do that for three weeks, and uh, and and spoiler alert: uh, they don't succeed at this. Um, <laughs> they're all they're all very hot. And they're very horny, and um, and it's funny because they interview them, you know, the way they do the interviews on reality shows, and and the guys would be like, like, oh man, Francesca's so hot, I want to have sex with her, but like if I do, then we lose money. I'm so frustrated, and that's like the interview. That that's literally how every interview on the show goes. Um. I want to wait. I want to jump in here. I did. I watched the the in the first episode. Okay. And I was, it was terrible. And then I was like, the next day, I'm like, I wonder how it ended. And I went to the last episode. I'm like, where are these people? Is some guy who showed up? <laughs> so around halfway through the season, they uh, they kicked off some people and then added some new people. I guess because there wasn't enough sex being had, so so they had to like. Uh, imports new talent um but i will say this um i don't recommend the show i wouldn't tell someone to watch it but it wasn't as bad as i thought it would be is that um, because you found uh, entertainment in ways that you weren't expecting or you legitimately think it, it's a pretty good show i uh, no i did not find it entertaining uh i didn't particularly like any of the people on the show or cared about them uh the one thing that i took away from the show which i liked was it seemed to have a positive message which was uh trying to get to know people like if you're trying to get involved with someone romantically like learn about them as a person uh you know like them for their personality and all they have to offer you know, don't see people as sex objects. Uh, and I think they purposely recruited this particular cast of people because that's how they tended to view uh, people in the past as like for their sexual gratification. Okay. So, so the show kind of sends the message like that's not a positive way to, to view people and, and you should uh, be more emotionally mature. So, so I could get behind that. And so I liked that, that that's kind of the message it was trying to put out. Uh, but it's not a good show. And uh, I think a couple of reasons that it failed 
was first, um, every single conversation is about sex or wanting to have sex or being jealous because another cast member is having sex um, or wondering about how much money they're gonna lose by having sex. <laughs> At no point does anybody say like, hey, what kind of music do you listen to? Or, hey, have you heard of Hate Beak? Or, you know, anything like that? <laughs> like, there's no conversation at all. <laughs> that would be weird if the one thing they talked about was Hate Beak. Um, I, I would get that show highly. But it's, like, very weird, because I was watching all eight episodes, which took a long time. And there's not a single normal conversation that takes place. So as you're watching the show, like, Derek, you asked me if I, if I liked the characters. Uh, I couldn't get into any of the, the people because they don't seem like humans. Because I've never seen anybody talk only about sex. And granted, I think the show was edited that way. I'm sure there were normal conversations. But for whatever reason, the producers chose to cut all that out. Because I guess they figure people only want to hear about sex. But then I'm like, these people are not real humans. Like, this is insane. They literally do not have any conversations about anything other than sex for three weeks. <laughs> so, so yeah, I couldn't buy the characters as believable. What I was asking wasn't, did you like the show or the characters? I was asking, you know how um, you can watch, like, Plan 9 from Outer Space or, like... Mystery Science Theater 3000, you know, it's like, has that so bad, it's good quality to it. Like, is it a show that you could get around? Like, if we hung out and we wanted some entertainment, does it have entertainment value in that way? Is what I was getting Okay. I, yeah. I was so terrible that doesn't even have that value. No, I would say it does have that element going for it. That's sort of... um trashiness that, that you can't yeah. look away from. Yeah. Sorry. Sounds like you like the concept, but not so much the execution. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll, I'll recommend a show that I've been watching lately. It's not a new show, but it's a show that I had never seen before. <clears throat> it's called Extras, uh, created by Ricky Gervais. Have you guys seen it? No, I've heard of it. I've seen it, yeah. I was on HBO for a while. Okay, so, um, yeah, it just um, entered uh, Amazon Prime here in Japan, so I, I'm able to stream it. I don't know if you guys are on your coasts, but on mine, it is available, and I started watching it, and it's just so genius. I just, I love it. it basically, the premise is, it's about uh, Ricky Gervais, who is a struggling actor. The title of the show, Extras, refers to him having to often take roles as an extra. And it's just interesting um, going through the struggles of what it's like to be an extra in relation to, you know, and their relationships to the other actors on the set. And in every episode, there's a really famous person as a guest. And uh, that's part of the fun, like wondering who, whether it's um, Patrick Stewart or David Bowie. there's uh they ha- they have a lot of great guests on it and they play like a highly fictionalized version of themselves. They're usually pretty despicable. And uh that just 
that just makes it really funny. So I think it was uh, this is after he did the office, the um, UK office version. And um, it's just a really great idea for a show. And it just gets me laughing every time. So if you're able to see it, I would recommend extras. Yeah, no, I, I liked one of the few episodes I saw. It was, it was on HBO for a little while, and I don't think I was able to see the entire seasons. But I have HBO Go, so maybe I'll just uh, change it. And, uh, yeah. I think the show was finished, right? Yeah, it was just, I think it's just two seasons and only like six or eight episodes per season. It's not very long, but, but it's good. It's all good quality. Well, thanks for joining us today. You heard it here, folks. Derek says watch extras. Roy says watch Too Hot to Handle. No, I said don't watch Too Hot to Handle. <laughs> heard it from here. Roy says watch Too Hot to Handle. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Appreciate the message without watching the show. I, I agree with that. Appreciate Just the know. message and then go watch extras instead. <laughs> and listen to Hate Beak. <laughs> It's just, it just, you know, it's just funny. I mean, it's, it's funny, but it's not. It's just the music. It's, I, I'm fascinated by it. I'm just really fascinated by it. I'm curious what you guys think if you get a chance to listen. Let us know if there's a topic you want us to cover by sending us a message at coast to coast podcast at gmail.com. That's coast, the number two, coast, the number two, and then coast podcast at gmail.com. That's your thoughts. Please, anything, email you want to send, we will ha- like happily read it on the air. And we'll talk about it, discuss it. I mean, just send us anything. Seriously. Any death metal fans, uh, let us know where Hate Beak ranks in the, uh, in the pantheon of death metal music. Yeah, I would love that. I really would. Now, and once again, anyone who's you know, uh, interested in sending us anything, please don't be shy. Seriously, we'll, we can give dating advice. We can give you know, financial advice. Roy? You know. All my dating advice comes from uh, binge watching Too Hot to Handle. So, <laughs> and look where it got you. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> but uh, thanks for listening, and we will talk to you all next week.